Here we are, and welcome to a Mortal Combat edition, a fighting, a martial arts. I, I, I don't really know what it is, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be extremely violent. There's gonna be a lot of opinions because we are going to be talking a lot about and reviewing Mortal Combat. And before we get to our amazing guest, Jake James Lugo. I want to just check in with my sister, Becky. You gave up your Friday night to watch this movie. Do you feel like the move to the East Coast was worth it just to be able to do that? 100% without a doubt. It was one of the most delightful surprises of my year was this movie. I'm so excited to talk about it. I know nothing about Mortal Kombat before seeing this movie. Um, so I, but I, so that's like part one. Part two, I'm a little bit nervous to have the conversation about Mortal Kombat with um, a true expert and then you, Shy, whatever you happen to know, um, because I feel like I'm stepping into a world where, I don't know, I worry that it's going to be like people who never watched star wars and we're like the last jedi is great what's your problem like i i don't so, want like i don't want to like ruffle feathers by being like the one in the I, room i, I can <laughs> guarantee you it won't be that because i think I, I think there's a lot to like if you're a mortal Kombat fan okay. but but i think this is going to be great because i feel like we have three different flavors and i'll introduce our guests in a moment we have you who like i was explaining to like basic who Scorpion and Sub-Zero were while we were No, watching. I still have tons of questions. Movie barely <laughs> made sense to me. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to have a, a huge Q&A section to this, to this episode. Uh, um, and then you have me who I'm, I like, I enjoy the games, but I also just love the pop culture phenomenon that is Mortal Kombat. And so I, I am aware of the lore, but not super attached to it. And then we have with us Jake James Lugo, content creator, a host, a gaming expert, a YouTuber. He's written for IGN, Playboy, The Coalition, Switch Player Magazine, and Red Bull Gaming. I got a chance to meet him at a Comic Con in Florida, and he's actually dope. been and, we, yeah, and and he's been on the show before, and it is great to have him. He runs an amazing mm. YouTube channel. Jake James Lugo, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words. Nice to meet you uh, you again and your sister and, you know, have me on here and stuff. Everybody dealing with quarantine, but we're having fun with it. We're making the best of it. So 100%. I have to, I have to say, do you play more or less? I mean, in the quarantine era, do you play more or less video games than you already did, seeing how it's so integral to your profession? Because I play a lot. I play more than the average person, like a ridiculous amount. And I think that I've my my gaming habits, I have to say, are probably somewhat the same, probably a little bit more, you know, because I've been able to like change up my time, you know, here and there because I haven't been going out like most other people. But uh, I've always played a lot. Like I, I complete more games than the average person throughout the year, like even within a given month, like I complete Wait, and play more. When you say complete, like you beat the game like you get every level complete every is like level. such a loose it's such mean? a loose thing so like complete Let's start with I would that say, because mine my video yeah. gaming knowledge i obviously like understand what gaming is and have a sense of gaming culture but my personal experience hmm. is like super nintendo in the 90s yeah, that's good. like the street 90s. fighter or yeah, mario well, kart and so this, this is why i mean you can relate because i was a genesis kid like a born <gasps> and bred right. genesis kid that i've always right. been open because me and the sega genesis are almost the same birthday year like we were literally like right there the mega drive came out in 88 and then the genesis came out here in the united states in 99 i was born in 88 so yeah. like there's that's like in my you know my heritage my blood okay like the, the way i 
describe completing a game you know it's not necessarily completing that's a very loose term for some people like to me completing is just finishing the game it's just like okay i finished it start to finish i got an ending credits whatever i didn't go and get 100 percent completion sometimes like because i think that everybody's time is valuable and especially with now more modern games taking a lot of time to complete especially like mmos jrpgs western rpgs you know other types of games that have a ridiculous amount of content sometimes for no reason that's not even relevant get like 50 to 100 plus hours hours out of it which might be good value for your money you know for some people but like when it comes to like what's relevant what's interesting like how does it make me feel throughout those like first 10 20 hours getting to that point am i going to complete a game like that it, out of the 50 hours it takes to complete it like fully i play like 30 or 40 hours out of it i think i'm good and i think most okay. people are good you know at that point so so back with what what jake james is talking about here is that when you finish a game now and you finish the story from beginning to end, yeah. there are all these things called side quests and uh, campaigns and- Extra content. Extra okay, content. Extra that, content that, like, so your it. game isn't really finished, right? So- But you can either, like, still complete the game. Like yeah, finished, saying, finished is however you, is whatever you make it to be by the time okay. you're actually going through an experience. Like you could be finished quote unquote with a game after the first couple hours and be like, I was not feeling this. Like I'm done. Like, <laughs> this is $60 wasted. And that's a valid opinion. Like everybody's different when it comes to this. I think we sometimes, you know, especially with social media, like on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever else, and even YouTube, I would say, you know, we get a lot of these like gatekeeping like opinions and perspectives that be like, oh, you have to do this certain thing or you have to feel this certain way when you're playing games. And that's not good. You know, a lot of people that, you know, are into games that are really into video games like that, they don't care how you enjoy games. They just care that you're enjoying games. And that's all that matters. And and I will say, having uh, watched your YouTube channel, I love what I love about it is that not only do you talk about the relevant stuff, like the, or the more time relevant stuff, you go back into a lot of that classic in 90s, 90s and 80s stuff in like a very contemporary way. Yeah. And like you'll go and you re-review one of these classic games, The Legend of Zelda, the Adventure of Link. And I, I like the way you walk through the pros and cons of of those as opposed to just saying thumbs up thumbs down i always feel like we get a really you know why because the way i look at it for me personally like one of my biggest inspirations even though i've had other like mentors and inspirations throughout the years one of my biggest inspirations is siskel and ebert is uh, roger ebert and gene siskel and the reason being because their approach to film you know to to movies and the way that they critique movies as reviewers because they they are the original critics those are the critics that everybody's referring to and that they emulate Mm -hmm. in some way because of what they did with you know siskel and ebert on their shows and stuff but they loved film so much they were able to review like multiple films throughout a week like that like you know granted gaming and films have different types of time frames you know when it comes to like consuming that media but they loved it so much they would do all types of stuff old stuff new stuff whatever else but it was the way that they talked about it the way that they looked at the way that they bickered all the time that was so fascinating to me and many other people so like in in the way that i translated the way i could see like a lot of parallels is like how looking at someone like adam sessler or morgan webb from like x player looking at victor lucas from like judgment day like a lot of the g4 shows that had like video game criticism and stuff in comparison to stuff that what you see with ign now these days and stuff like i i get a lot of that stuff that i see and and i could see a lot of like you know the same way that siskel and eber would look at films so i try to like you know in the way that i write and the way that i talk about games 
games, you know, to kind of like borrow elements of that. And I think like it's good if you approach it like that, especially with older games, because you could still have like your modern perspective on it and, and like see things like, okay, what's aged well, what's become a classic or iconic game and stuff. While at the same time, still appreciating what's new and like what's coming out, what's good or bad, et cetera. It's, it's all the same type of medium and still giving the same type of reverence throughout. That's awesome. Well, I think the Siskel and Ebert reference is the perfect segue into mm-hmm. talk to talk about the long-awaited uh, Warner Brothers Mortal Kombat 2021. Now, I saw the original Mortal Kombat in the theater with Same. my friend Josh when it came out, and uh, uh, I remember I, I, I played the game, but I was a Street Fighter kid more so in those days. Like I played Mortal Kombat, but I was very interested in this movie because the looks of the characters and are just so iconic and the idea of having it fit into a story. And when you compare those two movies, when you compare Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat is an infinitely better movie. It's cooler, it's better done, it's more- Edgy. Yeah, and it's more it's more connected to the game. It, not that it has to be totally connected to the game, but it, it really makes you feel, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it was great. And it had that classic that yeah mortal combat and so i remember seeing it and then i've always paid attention to the little cinematic things that have dropped dropped with related to mortal combat there were these short films made a few years ago that suggested that like oh yeah they really should get back to this and i don't know why it took them long so long to do this to me it seems just like an obvious property to to work with um but i was so thrilled that they were making it again. And um, I think, although I really miss the theaters, the fact that it was on HBO Max allowed Becky and I to watch it together on a Friday night. And I'll just say top line, my reaction was visually, it was a lot of fun. I felt like I was watching more than just a cut scene of the video game. I was, I was like in it. Uh, I appreciated some of the new things, didn't appreciate some of the other things. I think that if we're really getting a trilogy, then I'm okay with the oversimplicity of this story and that it was really just like an introduction. And if they don't make another one, which will be pretty annoying, um, uh, I'll feel kind of unsatisfied. But like overall, I really liked it. I'm going to go to Becky and then I'll go to Jake James. Um, Becky, what was your reaction? And and would you have known this was a video game movie if you if I had just showed it to you regularly? Well, I, I mean, I know that Mortal Kombat is a video game. So in that sense, because it shares the title Mortal Kombat, I would have been like, oh, this probably has something to do with that video game. But I know nothing about the video game. So other than that title, no, watching it, I would not know that this has to do with a video game at all. Like it, it actually held up to me as its own story. However, there were some like, as shy, maybe it's the oversimplification over me, just things where I was like, I don't really understand. Like it was, I have, and I'll get into my questions later. So I, there was a lot of questions about who's who and from where and what they can do and why, and who are the gods and who are the demon zombie. Like, I don't know what everyone is and how that hierarchy works. And so in that sense, certain parts really didn't make sense to me. But I imagine if you follow the video game or you know the history of the video game, it it would make sense. So it felt like there was a piece of the puzzle missing and probably for a lot of fans filled in. But are you also grateful they didn't over explain things? Because 
I am so grateful that they didn't overexplain things because there's nothing I despise more than exposition in a movie. I would rather not know and have them just say, these are the rules of the world. I'm not filling in all the blanks. Eventually you'll figure it out. I'm perfectly fine with that. Then somebody saying, who is so-and-so? Ah, this God works for that God and they have these powers. Like, it's fine. It makes enough sense. Um, now I will say we go to watch it. I'm like an hour and 50 minutes. I was like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not staying till the end. I'm not finishing the movie. And I will say it, it's actually more like an hour 40 because it's 10 minutes of credits. It's an hour 40. It did not feel like an hour 40 went by. I, for me really fast. It was so much fun. It was a very particular type of movie in that it's nonstop action. So it delivers on that really, really well, where it's just constantly moving forward with the next exciting action scene and the next one after that. So I had, I just had so much fun watching it. For me, it was like the perfect, it was the epitome of a Friday night movie. End of the week, I'm exhausted. My brain is mush. I want to sit in front of the TV and I just want to have fun. And this, it was fantastic. That's my very long, quick review. That's awesome. I love it. All right, Jake James, you're review your your like your overall impression you you've been following the game since the beginning yes how how what'd you think would you recommend it well i did a vlog review about it like literally day out because i saw it that morning like super early on hbo max and then i saw it again later because my parents actually watched it i watched it with them and so so i saw the movie like twice that same day um, and I have and watched your review. I'm just pretending I haven't seen yeah, right. it. So I know some of it. I, I know, <laughs> like, I've been hyped up. People that know me and follow me, I've been hyped up for this movie for a while, for a long nice. time, since, since it first got announced or revealed and stuff. And I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I'm a huge, uh, I started with the Sega Genesis Mortal Kombat, but I played it in the arcades. Like, and again, I've been with it since. And, and I'm huge into the lore and stuff like that. The, the cool thing is like, like what Becky was describing, this was a perfect Friday night movie, like to watch it and stuff. Like, you know, just like chill, have fun with it. Because if you're going to this movie expecting anything else, then you're going to be disappointed. Like, this is not that movie that you want, like philosophical stuff going into it. Like, this is a fun movie. Like, you, you want to watch this in the same way that you would watch The Raid or when you would watch like, you know uh an action well, let, let, let's be clear i think the raid is a masterpiece that oh is yeah well the raid's the much best. better than this like yeah, the, the raid is the best <laughs> action movie of the last 20 years and it still has yet to be beaten but i like what you're saying because aside from the fact that joe toslin is in this and now he's just mm-hmm. freaking out because of that yeah it's also in the raid it had raid vibes which yeah. is great with the and fighting and stuff action. like the, the visual aesthetic of like the, the combat and the action is it reminds me of that. like a better comparison like you want to watch this in the same way that you would go watch a fast and furious movie where you're just mm-hmm. going in there you're just taking in what they give you and just rolling with it and that's fine now here's my biggest criticisms of the game that, that i've sent in my own review and i and i've talked about it with a few people who are yes and no mortal Kombat fans right so my biggest thing is that the lore is there from the games. Like there's a lot of fan service, like a ridiculous amount of fan service and Easter eggs that the common person like Becky is not going to get. Like they are just not going to understand because they don't follow this stuff and that's fine. But the problem is though, is that sometimes I feel like the movie leans way too heavy on it. And it's just like, it doesn't get into it enough because there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Like there's even characters that show up in this that are from the games that are like, especially from the more modern games that are just there as eye candy and they just serve no purpose to the plot. And it's cool for the fans you know, we get it, but then like they kind of get done dirty and they're kind of just there. And it's like, so, okay. So, so what's an example? Because I'll, I'll say, oh, like, I got a perfect example my, right now. My, like my, my example for me, cause I was explaining 
Mylena to Becky. Mylena is one of the characters, a female evil one, the one with the big mouth yeah. back with the detachable jaw. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, she's a clone of Katana and yep. she's jealous of her and she wants her throne and like that's all this stuff. And yeah, they don't was, explain that in the movie. There's <laughs> no way there. I mean, that wasn't necessary for the plot of this movie, but she was sort of demoted to like a henchwoman. Yeah. And, and I don't remember spoiler alert i mean we always do all of our movie reviews are filled with spoilers so there's no i don't remember if she dies or not but yes, like if this does. is the only time we've seen mylena that's kind of disappointing because she's a central villain with depth that's already been charted out for us that's okay, one for me. what, what about the you? problem here's the problem okay because melina's one of them there's a couple in here that are like that melina uh her whole backstory related to katana to outworld because she's what's called a tarkatan that's why she has that open mouth and like all these like fangs and stuff her race is literally an important thing in the mortal kombat universe because that's the army of shao khan like he uses the tarkatans to do his bidding on top of all the other races and stuff right as part of his armies and she's shao cool khan is shang Tsung's boss back is his didn't boss see shao like, that's khan. the Big dude. Shao Kahn is not referenced in this movie. No, he is. He actually oh, he is. is. Oh, There's okay. a statue, like the big statue oh, where they're yeah, hanging out yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Shang Tsung's talking to all the people. And that that's statue, like who we, like in this, in this He's movie, like Thanos. Basically. Okay, so in this movie, the guy that's like the big bad guy, there's really He's someone above him. Yeah, there's someone above him. Okay, okay. which is and then what's Kong. And then what's the story with the Mortal Kombat being like it's like the god they mentioned like oh the this is mm -hmm. decided by like the old gods are the ones that tell okay you know, so, so let me explain it like, this, but they're not paying attention so i can just go and kill yeah. everyone so, so let me What's explain that? it in the most simple way because i don't think the movie really does a good job of like explaining what mortal kombat is like they have the text and they yeah. talk a little bit about it but i think that the, it's a little bit scattered because there's a lot of things to the mortal kombat tournament that i don't think they, they deliver in a nice good way basically the tournament mortal kombat itself is an act is the actual name of it is the actual name of the tournament and it's to prevent the realms from merging, from having one realm uh, invade another realm. Okay. And basically when that happens, the reason why that could happen is that they have this tournament. And if one realm wins 10 straight Mortal Kombat tournaments, they get, it's called Absolute Victory. That realm could now invade the other realm. So basically where everybody's from, all the bad guys are from, okay, Shang Tsung, Melina, mm -hmm. Cabal, uh, Natara, all these characters, the bad guys in this movie, they're from a place called Outworld. That's where uh, Shao Kahn rules. That's where Shang Tsung is from. They've won nine tournaments up to the point before the movie starts, okay? They've yeah. done it, and one of the things that he was bragging about is that he's been underhanded with his way of trying to win the tournaments. He's He's been bending the rules and kind of breaking them. And the reason why he comes out and says that is because the Mortal Kombat tournament is enforced by the Elder Gods. There's That's basically Raiden himself, the guy with the electricity. He's an Elder God, but he also reports to these older Elder Gods that are pretty much you know they they oversee everything that's going on with all the realms in the entire universe they're the ones that made the mortal kombat tournament the problem is though is that shang Tsung's bragging about how he's coming into earth realm right now like actually passing into earth realm from outworld and killing off all the combatants before the tournament starts the mortal kombat tournament itself is not in this movie it's actually all this entire movie takes place before the tournament okay which is a right. huge change up for a lot right. of people especially fans because the tournament is supposed to be really the centerpiece of like what's going on like the actual plot device but all this is happening before the tournament even gets underway so it's shang song is trying to kill everybody before the tournament happens and he'd be like hey there's nobody here to fight me why don't the gods care that he's well that's his line the rules. he throws in there he says that they're lazy and it's like they just don't <laughs> care because which is a thing 
you know, in the older games, the, the older gods do kind of mingle and get involved with certain stuff in some of the games and the extended lore and such. But it's like one of those things is like the older gods got like bigger problems to deal with. They got other things that are like not as big. And it's like he's bending the rules. He hasn't necessarily broken them. You know, but OK, but question. But Raiden is a god, right? Yeah, he's another guy. OK, yeah. is um, Shang Shang. Shang. No, he's a sorcerer. Shang Tsung is a sorcerer. Shang Tsung is a sorcerer, not a no. god. Not a god, no. So no. technically, Raiden is more powerful, or they're better. Kinda. Evil? Like again, the movie doesn't really like convey that well. Like they're 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 all strong warriors. Like especially Lord Raiden. Again, he shoots lightning out of his hands. He teleports. Right. He could teleport anybody. They even say in the movie, he could teleport anywhere. Anybody. Anybody anywhere. anywhere. Okay. Uh, the thing is, is that. Raiden is the one that's like following the rules, but mandated by the elder gods and stuff. And Shang Tsung's been bending them, not necessarily breaking them, you know, to the point that as much as he could go. Because as soon as he breaks them, or at least, you know, the, the movie doesn't really show, but as soon as he does break them, the elder gods could step in and actually be like, yo, like you're you're doing you're doing yeah. something wrong here. But okay. they don't do so. And he, he's like saying, like, oh, they just don't care or whatever. And that's why he's going about things the way he's going about it. So okay. that way he could serve his emperor, which is Shao Kahn, and actually invade Earthrealm, which is Earth. My most important question is I'm trying to understand mm -hmm. the champions or the combatants that are part of Raiden's team, the mm -hmm. good guys. The good people, yeah. Are all of these different, like we meet Cole, um, what's the blade? What's her name? Sonya Blade. blade. Sonya Blade. Jax. Right, Jax, right? Um, Kano. Kano, right. And we are very aware that these four are like human mortals, born what like born recently mm -hmm. um but then the two other champions that we meet as part of their training lu lu kang are they also i mean are they also are they like because for some reason they felt to me like they might be immortal like they've been around for many tournaments no. or are they also newbies like the no, rest so, of the team so again this is another thing that the movie doesn't really convey that well like every one of raiden's champions all the warriors that we see they're all from earth they're all from earth oh, they're all from earth they're okay. all mortal okay the thing is is like some of these characters cole is not a character from the mortal Kombat games he's, an right, right. he's a new for he's the new movie one. here Everybody else, for the most part, is from the games. Now, Jax and Sonya Blade, they're they're military, okay? Mm -hmm. They're they're special forces and stuff. Uh, Kano is part of a group called the Black Dragon Clan, and he's just basically like a criminal of criminal underworlds. He he has a criminal empire. He does like gun running and arms dealing and stuff. Uh, Liu Kang and Kung Lao are part of a Shaolin Temple. They're from the White Lotus Society, okay? Kung Lao specifically, but Liu Kang is also part of the Shaolin Temple that's there that worships, you know, the Mortal Kombat tournament that worships Raiden, Lord Raiden. Okay. Raiden is the elder god that is tasked with protecting Earthrealm from okay. Outworld. Okay, now the Outworld crew, mm -hmm. they're, are they, like, what are they? Because they're not They are mortals. all different things. Like, like, and again, this is one of those things where the movie glances over, like, Melina is a Tarkatan. She's part of the race that works for Shao Kahn, you know, that she, she actually, in her far backstory, she's a hybrid clone of katana oh, who's okay, a princess right. who's the princess of outworld and all this other stuff right it's not necessarily outworld it's another realm called adenia but again it gets far okay, removed from the movie okay. so uh shang Tsung is a sorcerer that works for uh shao khan he he uses black magic that was taught to him by shao khan in order to not only extend his life but also make him powerful and, and is shao khan also a sorcerer souls. 
Is, oh right, yeah. Is that was is Shao Kahn also a sorcerer or is no, he? No, Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn is a, a, a. I think he's like the son or or some sort of thing of like another elder god or something like that. Again, in some of the extended lore, the other movies. Keep in mind, I've like really screwed this up for a lot of people in the general public because there's a lot of muddy things and such. But he's basically uh, the ruler of Outworlds. Like he he's okay, not a sorcerer, but he's like a crazy powerful warrior. Okay, so but then all the people working for him yeah. are basically un- unless they get killed or like sawed in half. They're essentially immortal because now, we see Sub Zero. Yeah, this is what I was just about for to say. Six, like, what is it like six hundred years in the yeah, past? Yeah, it's, it's, he's the thing is, is that the movie doesn't make it clear that Sub Zero, for whatever reason, he's lived a long time. Like they very gla- they glance over it like really like quickly because that he just Scorpion, shows up six hundred. Yeah, he just shows up like him and Scorpion are in feudal Japan in that beginning part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's when he kills his entire clan. He kills Scorpion. They're in feudal Japan and. Mm-hmm. You know, they, he's also, uh, Sub-Zero is not Japanese. He's Chinese. That's right. actually from the original movies, uh, the songs, like the soundtrack. They call him a Chinese ninja warrior. And uh, he actually speaks Chinese. He speaks Mandarin, I think it is, at one point. And then he's like, he switches between three languages. And it's like really weird. And it's like, for whatever reason, they thought it was cool at one point for him to speak English in feudal Japan, which makes no sense <laughs> for everything going on, right? But, you know... They don't make it clear that he's lived a long time, which we have to assume, or at least, you know, going by the movie's logic, he probably got that from Shang Tsung or someone where it allowed him to live. Throughout oh, okay. Those okay. Right. Cause he's you know, this powerful sorcerer. The same thing with, uh, what is it, with Melina? The same thing also with, uh, what is it, um, Reiko, which is another character they kind of just throw in there. Reiko is actually from Mortal Kombat 4 and, and some of the later he, games. He was the, the guy with the melted head and the, the hammer. Yeah, the the dude he was with like the hammer. He's actually back. he's like he, a he, false like right. stand-in for Shao Kahn in the games. Like it's really weird. Like he's just there in the movie. Um, Natara so, is another one that's like kind of thrown in there. She's the vampire bat like lady. Yeah, like, and then she just like from, shows up and she's like, she boom, shows up. She's gone. from Mortal Kombat: Deadly Alliance. She's just again no relevance okay. to anything else going on. And then so also then it feels, So then it feels to me a little bit like the creators of this version of the of the story of, of, you know, this film threw in a bunch of yeah. characters that show up in later ones, almost as like a token, because a lot of Kinda, these, yeah. char- I mean, all these characters basically get killed off. It, so it, yeah, most of them do. Yeah. So I, I don't believe we'll get this when we talk about predictions. I don't believe that any of the bad guys are dead. I feel like if oh, you're yeah, like, otherworldly, you can always like go back to Netherrealm and get rebooted. You know, I'm, I'm not Sub-Zero sure. Anybody... Turns into a shadow revenant. He turns into Noob Cybot in the games. Like, because I see yeah, that. I told you there's about multiple Sub Zeros in the Mortal Kombat lore. This one that we see in this movie is called Bihan, who is the original Sub Zero, and he gets killed by Scorpion, obviously. But in the games, after he gets killed by Scorpion, he becomes Noob Cybot, which is like the shadow ninja warrior from the Nether Realm that's working for Shao Kahn and Quan Chi and all this other okay. stuff. Okay, right. So and so there's very- more craziness. <laughs> Wow, this is a very complex world. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, very complicated. And like, you can't do that in a movie. Like, this is why I was even thinking about this at one point. And, and you know, even based off the older movies, Mortal Kombat would be so much better as a series because you could focus so. episodes on other stuff and really build out this lore and this universe. It of all would these be characters. a great series because yeah, it would be awesome. Such a, like you Netflix could spend time, right, really learning about each of these worlds and groups and clans and the mm-hmm. different powers. Uh, and it could be thing. like a Game of Thrones. Like yeah, Game of Thrones just thinking meet, that. meets Titans. Check this out, right? Here's one thing that we get in the film that we don't really get in the film that they only hint at it because they just never really explore it. They like talk about it briefly in, in relation to Cole. The the blood feud between the Lin Kuei and the Shirariu, which is Scorpion and Sub Zero's clan. They mention it, 
They don't talk about it. They never explore it. Like they say that Cole has lineage to Scorpion because remember, Raiden finds the kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it over the centuries? The the bloodline passes down the mark of the dragon, which is another thing that's like completely dropped the ball in the film and stuff. Like they they just don't get into a lot of stuff. And you know, I get it. They're trying to build out what could be a franchise. So but then, this it, also it, means that Cole's daughter. Yeah. He'll get a dragon no, marking no, because, eventually. Because and- he has to die first. Cole has to die. And whoever, you know, whether it's natural causes or somebody kills him, then that's when the dragon tattoo gets passed. That's another thing that they just don't really explain very well what happens with the dragon tattoo because some of the characters that we see in Raiden's uh, group, they never originated with a dragon tattoo. They took it from other people like that. But with specifically Scorpion's bloodline for Cole, it's been passed down through the centuries through his bloodline. So we, I guess when somebody dies, Eyes, you know one of their offspring would get it or that's one of their a very heirs. muddy component yeah exactly all right all right so let's talk about let's talk about some of these characters we've dropped a bunch of these characters um mvp characters that's something i always like kano. to talk hands down kano, kano. josh kano. Kano's the mvp yeah. of this whole movie yeah he's he's the one that makes this movie fun like that's clearly like there's a whole section in the middle of the movie for me personally that drags when they're training because there's not a lot happening there, but like all the one-liners, all the dialogue, all the witty comebacks and just stupid things that he says makes it so hilarious and so fun to be around. Like, Has someone it, made a super cut of just his hat jokes of Kung Lao's hat? Maybe. <laughs> that <laughs> needs to happen. All right, Becky, who is your MVP? Mine's Lu, Lu Kang, Lu, Lu Kang, Lu Kang, because I feel like I feel like each of these, you know, combatants, champions, whatever they're called, are a little bit scattered. And then when they get to the training center, he he gives it purpose. He centers everything. I understand why we're here. What do they need to accomplish? Like, how are they supposed to be getting, like, what is going on? He gives, to me, you know, it's funny because the prophecy is that Cole is going to be the one that unites them. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was Liu Kang that, yeah. that like, brought everyone in the together. And I just Liu Kang is the main guy. The and chosen. I just, like, love that he looks so delicate, but he's a badass. And I he's just, um, yeah, like, there is, like, there are veins that have muscles on that. But, yeah, there's a scene where it's just him showing his muscles, where everyone, <laughs> like, I watched with my wife and Becky, and they were both like, ooh, look at all those Ooh, muscles. more of that. Um, yeah. But uh, he's just... totally a nod to Bruce Lee. Like, the, his character conception in the games was always a nod to Bruce Lee, and oh, they, they cool. even carried it into here, so. Okay, so I I was really, I was a big fan. I was a big fan of him. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought that considering... I didn't know if Liu Kang was actually going to be a character in the movie because I was I was actually wondering if Cole was going to be just like a replacement for Liu Kang. So I really liked the way they brought him in as this kind of mature team leader, almost kind of like Cyclops from the X-Men. Like he, yeah. he's sort of like serious, but he's he's noble. And I love that. So so for me, my MVP. OK, so my MVP, like from from the games is like always Kung Lao. And I loved seeing Kung Lao in this movie. And I thought that to the, to the parts that he was alive, I thought he was amazing. So, so like, I, I thought that was like, just, it gave me so much joy to see Kung Lao and Liu Kang together. Mm. But my real MVP is going to be Joe Taslim as Bihan, as Sub-Zero. I loved him in the Raid movies. I thought he was so menacing as a as a villain. And I think like, the physical fighting in this movie, like it has to be good by today's standards. It can't be like 
hokey or cheesy. Like these guys have to be believable fighters and he's got a track record. And I thought he was, he was great as that lower level uh, villain. I thought his Sub-Zero had more personality than the other incarnations of Sub-Zero. Agreed. So, and Sub-Zero is, and well, Luke Kang's my favorite of the good guys, but Sub-Zero is my just favorite character. To me, in this film, Sub-Zero feels overpowered. Like, they they really buffed him up to, like, be a really big threat, like, for obviously, you know, going on through the plot and stuff. Like, when him and Hiroyuki Sonata, you know, the Scorpion, the guy who plays Scorpion, they, when they're on screen, they're fighting, they're awesome. It's an amazing choreography, amazing action sequences and stuff. But when Sub-Zero's, like, dealing with everything else in the world and such, he feels way too overpowered though, compared to what he is in the actual games in the lore and stuff i felt like you know he he kind of comes off almost as big as a threat you know compared to like you know raiden or shang song like the the ones that i felt that were the weakest were some of the characters that were took a lot of backseat stuff that really didn't even do a lot of fighting like shang song like outside of him killing kung lao and ordering people around like he doesn't really do much throughout this whole movie and the same thing with raiden raiden also he's stupid powerful and he does a couple things but like he takes a backseat to a lot of stuff true so I, I think you, this is this is a really this is a really um, if I go to so if I go to my we do a thing called LVP, which is our least valuable player. Oh. And even though, again, Raiden goes into my favorite characters from the show from from the game and I'm and is I am happy that he was not like cast with Christopher Lambert, although I love Christopher Lambert, yeah, but too. like he was cast as Raiden in Mortal Kombat in the nineties. Mm-hmm. That's that just voice. wildly inappropriate, <laughs> wildly inappropriate to have a Frenchman playing uh, this like, you know, mythical Shaolin monk. Uh, um, but they didn't, they didn't give Raiden. Raiden was really like sort of an abstract kind of more of a God really removed. He wasn't a personality the, I, I feel like they gave a little bit of his personality as the like trainer to Liu Kang. They sort of shifted everyone over a little bit. Yeah, but that result- even like he didn't even really do that. Like his backstory in the games, especially the like if you just limit it to the first game, his backstory with the Elder Gods and why he's involved with the Mortal Kombat tournament is so much more interesting than what we got here. Because in the games, for for again, for everybody that doesn't know, like he relinquished his his Elder God status to fight in the tournament, so he becomes mortal. But he still has his powers like of lightning and stuff. But he wants to help out everybody in Earthrealm so much, he's willing to take that extra step. That's what makes him vulnerable to Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn like that oh. in the games. But they don't get that in, in this movie at all. Like they talked about it in some of the older movies, especially Annihilation, which was kind of bad. But that plot point or that element of the character would be so awesome in something like this because then it makes everything else much more of a threat and he's not as OP you know, compared to everybody else, but they just didn't do that. And it's just, he, he felt very, he was like, just a stand-in like, like some of the other characters, they're just stand-ins and eye candy, you know, just to be there for the fans and to be quote unquote faithful to the original games and just the original story and stuff. But I think for me, my, my least like valuable character would be Cabal to be honest with you, besides Raiden, like Cabal, he, he was like he weird. was the kind of robotic guy he's, he's not a robot here's the thing like again they the movie doesn't even convey this like he's a dude that's in a breeding apparatus okay that oh mass, right he mentions being in an it's a breeding apparatus because right, kano yeah. put him in there technically like that but i don't even think in the original games it was kano that did that to him but him and kano in the movie have history and his voice is just so distracting he sounds like a guy out of the jersey shore and i don't remember that from the games with cabal's like voice and stuff like it's just weird and distracting he and does, he does kind of have like a Comic his, relief, his like Joe Pesci voice. His re- relevance <laughs> to this is just out of nowhere. And like he dies in a cool, don't get me wrong, his fight with Liu Kang is a very cool death. 
for that character. But it's like there's other stuff with that character that could have been done if they would have kept him alive. You know, the stuff with the Black Dragon Clan with him and Kano and everything else would have been super interesting because there's a lot of other stuff that we just don't get. I feel like we're really making a case for like a Game of Thrones style, like like HBO Max. Like like you want people to subscribe to HBO Max. I'm watching this show. Because then you don't have to, like, not everything has to revolve around the tournament. All right, Becky, who is your LVP? My LVP. Hmm. I have to think for a moment. Who's the worst? Who's the worst? (laughs) I know. Um, Hold on. Because I have a few. So I'm just trying to pick one. No, no, you can pick. Just go. You can go with a couple. I mean, you're new to this world. There's more than one thing, you know. Uh, Cole's wife. Oh yeah, I don't know. Cole. I was just Cole, like, wife. I just was like, I don't know. It felt, it felt very like throwaway. Like I don't, is this? A, I get why they needed it because they needed to give him stakes, but it really truly felt like they were in the writers' room and someone was like, I don't know, the stakes aren't high enough for Cole. Right in a family, like they just, it was so <laughs> useless. Like I just, it, it, yeah. So that's one that it, it would have been more interesting to me if he just had the daughter and there was this whole strong thing about keeping the bloodline alive and like protecting her. Like that would have been enough for me. I don't know. Yeah, the wife was just, it, she gave me nothing. And then I felt like it diluted what could have been a really interesting relationship between him and his kid. So that's an LVP for me. I think you can say that about Cole in general, to be honest with you. Like Cole's whole character, no, for real, like Cole's whole character, he's just there to be the audience like window into this world for the most part. But like, he really does not do much. Like they try to make him more important than what he actually is. And it's just like, I I think had they focused more on this whole idea of why is the bloodline so important? What happens when the bloodline dies out? What is the feud? If that was really the backbone of this initial story, That would have worked for me, but I understand because that's totally fabricated for this film and not part of the game, why that would be really kind of frustrating and upsetting for fans of the game because it, anyway, so I think it was, yeah. So that was like, it fell flat. Um, And then if the bad guys, I don't know, put it this way. I liked the crazy jaw lady. I thought she was cool. Um, and then all the other ones, like the weird multi-armed. Oh, Goro. Goro. Yeah, that's giant, oh my God. Don't even get me the started. The green giant. Uh, the the, <laughs> the one that's dressed like um, like a Mandalorian with his oh, helmet. Oh, yeah, that, that was Cabal. Like Cabal, Cabal. Like all the ones. I'm just like, yeah, sorry. See? I just feel like a lot of them were like, we have superpowers and we're super bad. But like there was no cohesiveness to the bad guy team. So I'm just, it was just like. What's going on? Why are you guys working together? What is your common goal? Is it just that you work for this one guy? Give me more. Give me. I think because there was, it felt so again diluted. Most of them were like LVPs for me. I just thought the jaw lady had like the scariest looking look, and so I loved her. I uh, okay. All right. So now I have. I've created a new. Actually, no. Before we get to my new bit of the show, we have a new bit of the show that I that we're going to start just using because of Mortal Kombat. All right. So mvp kill so this is a movie where like the kills were you know i don't like movies being r-rated for the sake of r-rated i don't like superheroes movies being dark for the sake of dark but mortal Kombat has always been since the earliest the blood and guts code the blood and guts code was like a a code you would put in with the buttons and the sega right the original Sega for the genesis um to allow you to have blood and guts it was always part of the game so this this had to kind of be R-rated to get the fatalities and all of that. Which kill 
was the was the best for you in the in the in the movie i have mine mine is i have mine all right go ahead sure when what's her face was sawed in half that was amazing That was that was, the, that was incredible. Kung Lao throws his hat. That was, that was because that's legit from the games. <laughs> because there are, you know, he's getting teased for his hat. Oh, your sombrero and your hat and this and that. And you're and like as an audience member, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go with it. He's got a cool hat, but you gotta sell me on this hat thing. And then his move that like like wow, that blew me away. I was like, this hat is very cool. Anyways, that was my that was my favorite. That's mine as well because I thought it was a glorious moment for Kung Lao, and I think he says "flawless victory" at the yep, end of it. Yeah. So that, that was just there. awesome. All right, what about you, Jake James? For for me, if it's not that one, it has to be Liu Kang's with the dragon because I think that oh, visually yeah. that looks very cool. It, it's like dope because too. when it happens to Cabal, Cabal I think falls in oil. If I'm not mistaken, or it looked it looked like oil. At least that's what I got from it. And when he does that and burns him up, it just looked like a cool visual like that. Like some of the kills are pretty dope in this. I'm not gonna lie. Even Kano's with with reptile, which mm-hmm. I mean, it feels <laughs> hard. Kind of cluster in context of everything going on and stuff. But like even then, like that's his legit fatality from the first game. Like the whole the whole thing and ripping out the heart and stuff. So and even the the one I think that was kind of mediocre, even though it's authentic to the games, was Scorpions at the end. With against Sub Zero, where he breathes fire on him, like that—that's legit a thing that he does. He just doesn't do it in the exact same way where he, you actually see like a whole skull, you know, on his face. But it just the way he dies, like he doesn't even turn Sub Zero into a skeleton. Like he just like gets charcoal on him, and then just like there's a bunch of dust, and that's it. Like it could have been a little bit cooler to be authentic to the games and stuff. But I would have to say Liu Kang is probably the best one for me. Very cool. All right, so now I have my new my new thing. Okay. It's essentially the peaks and valleys of the, of a movie. So we have our flawless victory moment and then our fatality. Now, fatalities are awesome in Mortal Kombat, but like what was the peak? What was a peak moment for you in the movie? And what was just like the part where you're like, what is that? What is going on here? Because <laughs> this movie definitely had both of them. Um, uh, and I would say so. I I get a little bit frustrated with fan service in movies and then people make fun of them. But I think that like I had been telling Becky throughout the whole movie, I'm mean, like, Scorpion's going to come back and he's going to say, get over here. He's going to come back. I know. I'm sorry. Let's clarify. Every three to five minutes, Shy would just whisper under his breath, get over here. And then like five more minutes, <laughs> you know get coming. over here. He's so excited. And all I kept thinking is we're getting closer and closer to the end. I go, oh no, if they don't deliver that line, oh, what? Gonna this, be is gonna be a, this is going to be a rough night. I just, oh, I loved, I, I loved Scorpion coming back and and doing get over here and then they tease just ever so slightly right because i'm like they're not going to bring in the 90s dance music but i thought the score was actually really good in the movie like i really liked the the kind of like this was a score that could have been total throwaway and i actually really enjoyed the musical theme in the movie and then the fact that they just for a few seconds gave you the within the context of the other music to me that was just like it all came together, like whatever else, confusion, whatever. Like we came here to see Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that was a great climax in the actual climax of the movie. Um, I would say um, my low point, my low point is probably um, just the general introduction of the, of the dragon birthmark as, as a, as a, as a, 
thing that people have to have in order to um, be able to compete in the tournament. To me, that just seemed sort of an arbitrary new thing. I don't well, know if it's from actually, the game. No, I don't know if it's from the, from the game, game. but it's, I, it, it's never been something I've seen in the game. The, the, it just I, actually, like it's like an, it feels like a parallel to what they did in the second movie for Annihilation, where like some of the bad guys had this tattoo that was like a thing for Shao Kahn and his army, and it's like or his bloodline. It was really weird. And it was dumb. It felt like it didn't need to be there, and also the the explanation of the Arcana for the for the powers and stuff that's related to it also super stupid makes no sense yeah those were just like they were things that they were like power-ups that people had to earn when like i just don't they could have just been like getting in touch with their energy but maybe yeah, they they're just trying to world build that's they, they could have just did that and would have been totally fine i think that some of the powers like Sony why, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right like why does the arcana translate into a laser eye like or like yeah. mechanical like it just it seemed a bit odd that some of them for their arcanas get like mechanical devices that can be broken versus like fireball powers. Yeah, none of that is in the games uh, at all. Weird. Like even Jax's like his arms, right? Like his mechanical arms. Those are not arcana magic or powers. Of, those are in the games. They're actual arms that he does. And he doesn't even get his arms broken originally in Mortal Kombat 2 and 3. He actually just enhances his arms because in the game's plot, Shao Kahn is breaking the rules of Mortal Kombat. He's coming to invade Earth. So he tries to upgrade his arms like that. It was later on where they actually rebooted it and changed it where his arms got broken off and he got these cybernetic implants. In the movie, they explained it like, oh, they the, the monks like tweaked and like gave him like fake arms and stuff. And now all of a sudden his arcana is turning them into like real like functioning stuff that made no sense oh that is what that was i did not understand kano's power that's also another thing kano if again for anybody that doesn't know he was the he was inspired by the original terminator movie with the red eye okay and his thing there was actually in the games a cybernetic implant that allowed him to shoot lasers like that. In the movie, they make it so that way he just shoots lasers out of one eye. Why would he shoot it out of two eyes? Like- I really feel like <laughs> I feel like they did that to save time to be like, listen, we can't do all these montage sequences of people of getting like surgeries implants. and implants. <laughs> we'll just say it's a superpower. Like it was, yeah. So it, I it was just like whatever. <laughs> right. Cause someone probably was like, okay, they're transported to this magic temple. Okay. Um, and they're like, but we don't have any surgeon my my low moment is well it's like two it's like combined to create one low moment one is when sonia blade and jacks or sonia's explaining sonia's explaining to cole like jacks and i were in the military and here's this huge crazy you know oh yeah wall map of how we <laughs> like pieced the, everything the together of what, meme. Right, of like, meme. <laughs> right of like what mortal combat is and you're like and i'm like Okay, sure. Why not? And then when we meet Liu Kang, he's like, "Am I Liu Kang? Liu Kang? Liu Kang? He's like, we've been going out finding all of the tattoo people. I'm like, well, it seems like Jax and Sonya have been on this for like six or seven years trying (laughs) to find you guys. And and Raiden has all these magical teleporting powers. How could you have not found? Where did he get the list of people that have this tattoo? Like, like also. Like, and so like their only way, like it just doesn't make sense that their only way of getting to the temple is with Kano, but Raiden is supposedly super powerful and is finding them. And it's just like, like, no, I'm like, you're, mm. it's really falling apart here. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just would have liked it if either Raiden found everyone or they found Raiden and he wasn't out looking for people like one or the other. 
But when it, they started to do, when they, when they said both are happening at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And are you, are, what was your, what was your, what was your flawless victory, Becky? Your best moment. If that was your fatality, what was your flawless victory? My flawless victory. I really, really loved when Cole and Scorpion team up at the end to fight Sub-Zero. And it's this like generational bond thing. I thought that's where Cole's character actually was pretty cool. When it's not just like two people on the same team, but it's like the ancestor and then the the living, you know, um, you know, relative together need, they need to work together to, to fight uh, Sub-Zero and defeat him, or at least, you know, get rid of him for now. So I like that moment. Because there's like a moment in the fight. Because there's like a moment in the fight when they're in the cage with him together. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about you, Jay James? Your your flawless victory and your fatality. Okay, so uh, there's a lot of moments that were cool. Like the fights were cool. Little things like that were pretty dope. My best moment though is very small and very stupid and very silly. It's when they find Liu Kang or Liu Kang finds them really in the desert as they're looking for Raiden's temple. And he not only knocks uh, Kano off down to the ground with his fireball and stuff, but then as he's talking, he goes, he puts his shoulder on Kano's thing and Kano's like, the fuck? Like it was just a moment <laughs> that was so like, I was in with that character already, but it was that where his reaction was just so authentic and weird and, and hilariously timed. Yeah. That just mm-hmm. was like, okay, I love this. Well, like, what, I, what I loved about Josh Lawson in this film is that he, that what I know him most from his TV show called House of Lies with Don Cheadle and Kristen Bell. And he mm-hmm. plays this like very uptight, nerdy Princeton uh, business guy. And like, just to see him let loose in this like much more like, 80s 90s villain type of character i'm like how do they make a sequel and not have him come back yeah, he, like he was the best part of this movie they, they're gonna find a way but also of the group he's probably one of the most like well-known american actors that's in the film because a lot of the other guys are known that like I, I know who joe toslim is but like like there aren't like that's not someone that people have seen on until recently an hbo show he's on he's in warrior um but like josh lawson's kind of been around so i you know but like yeah he's kind of the only one um all right now let's talk about let's look ahead to the next movie all right which character from the mortal Kombat universe not seen would you like to see in the next movie becky like you're just gonna have to play too you just google quickly Mortal Kombat like, characters uh, who, who should be in it. The, like, the next one that that should be in that we did or just not that it. you want to be in it. Like if you want to make it like like if it's like you know like if you're if you want to be logical, you'll say Noob Saibot because they basically have showed us that Noob Saibot's going to yeah. be in this movie. But that's not. It doesn't have to be that unless that's your favorite character. But mm-hmm. who would you like to see? Um, uh, who would you like to see be in the next version? Beck, I'm going to send you right now just a list of Mortal Kombat Honestly, characters. I think that the next one that makes most sense to me is that we're going to see Shao Kahn. I feel like we're going to see him. He's going to be cast. I mean, everybody would probably say Johnny Cage. Like that was a whole thing. And that that's a whole nother aspect of this movie that I felt like they kind of dropped the ball with and the reasoning. Ah, I was okay with that. But it was was like, it's whatever. But like really for me, I think as far as like threat from the bad guys concerned, it would be Shao Kahn. I feel like that's the next logical step with him and Shang Tsung you know, actually trying to move forward with the tournament. I feel like that sets it up also for a third film, like to, to get into Mortal Kombat 3 stuff, but that that at least would be my pick. 
Okay, so my my pick, and Beck, are you reviewing the pictures from the search I just sent you? No, my, I was doing my own research, but okay. Uh, my pick, um, the character, like, first of all, I love all the ninjas, Ermac and Noob Saibot and all that, but the character that I want to see next that I find just to be really haunting, and I think he adds a certain depth, and I, and I think he's turned out to be cooler than Shang Tsung, is Quan Chi. Quan Chi. Oh, they have his amulet in it. <laughs> oh, they do? Okay. That amulet that Kano tries to steal, that's Quan Chi's amulet. That's actually ah. Shinnok's amulet, but it, I don't even, they, they never really, again, they never explain that. Like, it's just there. It just looks like a jewel and stuff but that's quan chi's amulet see i like quan quan chi is a is he's a sorcerer who is part of the nether realm i guess but he has his own agenda and i like that about him like he's he's sort of in the group of the bad guys it really reminds me of like the 80s villains with like skeletor or gi joe where there's like different factions like hordak yeah exactly he's got his own game that he's running and he's he's sort of part of the if i recall he's actually the one behind the the um the fallout between sub-zero and and he he was the one that caused it like he was the one that he framed bihan for making scorpion think that he killed his family and stuff but he did that in order to not only kill off the clans and stuff but to get a specter to help him with his quest in order to get shinnok which is one of the elder gods the evil elder god come back to life that's why he has the amulet in the first place so to me quan chi adds a lot and i just love his character design he's bald and he's got the like markings on him and he's Mm -hmm. got the magic so i'd like to see quan chi i'm i'm trying to find another because they have some pretty badass bad guy, like villain female characters. I'm trying to find some more good guy female characters. Oh. It's well, looking like maybe Cassie Cage or Jackie Briggs might though, be. No, though, those are the kids of some of the characters we see in this movie. Like Jackie yeah. Briggs is, is uh, Jax's daughter. Right. And, and is Joni Cage and Sonya Blade's uh, and, daughter. And they were just introduced in the last game or the Spoiler alert. Oh my God. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. I guess well, we have to get together in the next movie. Well, <laughs> well that's right. yeah, well, but that's just like. That's, that's been like 20 years in the making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, J- yeah, Jackie Briggs, um, Jackie Briggs and Cassie Cage are two awesome additions to the Mortal Kombat universe. Well, I guess they, they won't make it in the next movie, but you know, they, hopefully between now and then. They, they basically like, like, I mean, Jax was always fine, but I think his daughter is a cooler character. She seems much cooler. And Cassie Cage is an upgraded version of Sonya Blade. That kind of has both yeah, kind of her and Johnny Cage. Yeah, those are great. Those are more see Johnny Cage to me like he's kind of funny because he's this Hollywood guy who, you know, gets sucked into them. He's all he was the original audience avatar like Luke Kang was like the hero, but the guy that was like a normal person who's like what the hell is happening here? Yeah. Comedy relief was Johnny Cage, and they just didn't use him in this, which I think was yeah they they just didn't fine. bother because Kano was the one that fulfilled that role basically. Yeah. And stuff. And, if you and want K- good if you want good female characters that could appear in the next movie, like obviously Katana, I would say Jade. Would be another one like mm-hmm. as far as anti anti-hero would be tanya i think is another one that you could say about that they could also try to bring in someone like scarlet which is another from the person from like the later games and stuff like there's a lot they could pull from that's all over the place yeah that's that's um, what they did in this movie they pulled from like a variety of different games like not just specifically like the first mortal kombat movie that was ever made in the 90s that was from mortal kombat one and two and that's specifically what they had to work with the time even though three and four had already been around but this one they went all over the place with this yeah yeah so 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 that's cool all right okay now we do have a gaming expert here all right and so i just i would love to know like if you're going to tell people these days to start with a mortal kombat game 
Mm-hmm. What's the game they should start with that will a be fun and and cool to play, but also like make you feel somewhat connected to this movie, like get you excited for this movie? Which is start the with the original trilogy. Like I would say, because my favorite has always been Mortal Kombat Two. I, I stick by that game. So, to so me, many people say that it's my favorite out of the original trilogy, and it's because of the style, the aesthetic, and just the setup of the world and what you know Mortal Kombat eventually became. Because the first game is very primitive for what it is like it was really the pioneer of the rotoscoping technology that they used because they or at least you know for the sprites and stuff which is great but like mortal kombat 2 they really went above and beyond with it that made it the best version of that i'm not so much of a fan of mortal kombat 3 because i don't think like the run and like the combo mechanic really works for the mortal kombat like style of fighting you know the gameplay system but two i would say is probably the best one or at least play all the original trilogy but if you want like more modern stuff like a, the best way to get into this stuff play the reboot which is mortal kombat 9 which was on ps3 and xbox 360 like you know because that has a lot of different elements from the entire franchise but really streamlines into what mortal kombat is at its heart i love that game that game got me to fall back in love with mortal it's kombat dope. and it's very easy to play like i'm playing mortal kombat 11 right now and it is like it's very cool and the story's wild but it's super hard to play for me at least um all right uh one more thing before we're going before we before we get to our shout outs and our recommendations is it's oscar so this will air this episode will drop next friday so the oscars will have already happened but one big pick one movie or actor or thing that you're rooting for in this year's oscars um uh becky who's at the top of your list like who you want to see win crib camp I want to see Crip Camp win. That why? is you want to say why? that is that is I work um at I I work at a, an audio post-production house called Immersive Sound. Um and we did um the sound design and mixing for that. And the director of the film, Jim Lebrecht, he's the former owner of it. He's he's the owner of Berkeley Sound Artists, and he mixed this film himself with our whole team working on it. We are deeply invested in this film. We have been since the very, very early, early days before it was picked up by Netflix or Obama produced. Uh, so Crip Camp is very near and dear to my heart, to my whole team's heart. And we are going to be, you know, on the edge of our seats, cheering Jim uh, Jim on. And we really, really want to see them win tomorrow. I mean, tonight, tonight when we're recording this. Well, oh, wow. We hope That's they win. wild. Maybe we should watch the Oscars a little bit. Yeah, we should. <laughs> um, Jake James. So a lot of the movies, like I'm scoring through some of the nominations of a lot of these movies I have not seen, you know, for, for obvious reasons, like obviously with the pandemic and, and things going on and stuff, I haven't really like kept in the loop them. Some of the things I do recognize for some of the other categories, I'll tell you right now, Chadwick Boseman is going to get a post homeless Oscar. I think that's going to happen. I think best animated is going to go to soul because that's another movie. I feel like that a lot of people have loved. And I think probably out of the nominees for best film, I think uh, Judas and the black Messiah is probably going to win. Cause there's a lot of big changes, a lot of stuff that's been going on with Hollywood specifically within the Academy, you know uh, the way that they've been like choosing winners and as far as like the way that they look at movies now with a lot of the social issues that have been put out there and stuff and I feel like that's going to be a film probably out of like most of the other ones there that I feel like has uh, not only a lot of people that people know in the mainstream like Ryan Coogler you know obviously is like a director and stuff that's going to get attention and I feel like that's the the ones that are probably going to end up winning. Very cool well I am rooting hard for uh, Mr. Kemp Powers. I would like to see him walk away with not one, but two Oscars. One he's going to get for co-directing Soul, which is a brilliant freaking masterpiece. Okay. But uh, the I 
to me, I've seen a bunch of the movies. I haven't seen all of them. I wish I had time to see more. But the screenplay of One Night in Miami is so, like, powerful. Like, that is a movie where I was watching. I was like, oh, my God, every word in this movie is so perfectly crafted that I would, I really, really want to see him. I really want to see him uh, win. Like, one Oscar I know he's going to get. I want him to I want him to get two. All right, let's talk shout-outs and recs. This is where we share what we've been watching, what we're into these days. Becky, what 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 shout i know you have a shout out to uh an important um uh, business this story this local business that you want to support um but is there anything else that you're watching and recommend as well but well now that i'm local now that i'm local to the dc area you know i love to support my local um shops and business owners and there's this great um there's this great company owned by these it's a black owned company it's owned by these three young brothers and i bring that up that it's a, a black owned business because um they do a lot of work to support um black lives matter and they have been selling uh they're they're they make candles they do these hand poured candles they're these sweet three brothers that i follow them on instagram their company's called frere branchio we will put a link and they are selling um, a candle these days um, uh, that the proceeds I, are, are, are going to are going in direct support of, of various organizations um, that support, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, I just I love them. I love following them on Instagram. They're just like the sweetest three brothers. Um, and I I want to just give them a shout out this week and uh, buyers treat yourself to some nice candles and support this wonderful local business um that's right in our area where shy and i live so that's my shout out um i i don't know what i've been i watched mortal Kombat. that was like my big thing this week um and uh you started um, resident alien what do you think that's oh my god i started resident alien i love it i'm going to quickly say my favorite thing about the show is that they use a practical effects for his alien look they actually just use like an alien suit that's hilarious and amazingly low tech and it's wonderful um, and yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at paper BK princess. Very cool. All right. Jake James Lugo, mm-hmm. uh, your shout outs, your recs, and where can people follow you? Okay. So my shout outs, I'll, I'll do something similar for a local business that one that I've actually had gotten a lot of respect for that. That's helped me a lot, you know, and it's really supported my work and my channel and stuff. Uh, Flynn's arcade gaming and more here in, uh, oh, Margate, yeah, Florida. they did the Flynn's. They did yeah. the like video game setup at the Comic-Con we were yep. at, right? Yeah, yeah they, they actually brought in a bunch of arcade machines there for people just to free play and just hang and stuff. But they have a space here in Margate in South Florida and they they have a lot of like, you know, open gaming. You pay, it's like a nominal fee of like, what, 15 or something dollars. You get to play all night, all day there. As long as they're open, you get to play arcade machines, console games on projector screens. They're actually going to be getting a second space in like that same building complex where they have it all devoted to tabletop gaming and other types of console gaming. They're really doing a lot of stuff. But one of the things that I liked that Eddie, who's the guy that runs it, he supports a lot of the local businesses within that area. He actually allows them to promo their stuff, you know, uh, gives recommendations to some of his customers base to go check out some of the restaurants there some of the other like snack spots drink spots uh, other like local artists 
He also does, uh, when he has like big events, he actually had a cosplay event where he opened up the arcade, gave everybody a discount, but also allowed a bunch of cosplayers to come and dress up, allowed conventions that are within the Florida area or South Florida area to come set up tables, promote their cons for the upcoming like year and stuff, especially during COVID as things were going down and he had to close up. But when he was able to open up and was allowed to within this area, he was doing different stuff like that, you know, to kind of lift up everybody else and like push them out there. And he's been very good to me, you know, over the time, you know, everybody there at Flynn's has been nice so definitely if you're in the area you're near margate florida or just south florida and you want another gaming spot or gaming or otaku convention related spot to go check out just take a visit over there because they do a lot of great stuff there are a lot of good people too a lot of good community building which is nice um as far as what i've been watching uh i besides mortal kombat and like other stuff i would say like the probably the biggest thing that also came out the same day as mortal kombat was the last episode of falcon and winter soldier like Ooh, uh, i haven't seen it oh, yet oh i haven't seen it yet i haven't seen okay. it yet let uh. me put it this way it's short you could binge it in like a day you could probably binge it later tonight if you want oh, no way. i haven't seen the last two episodes i've seen okay. the show we're big okay, fans so. oh yeah we haven't seen it. i'm on the last episode i'm very okay. excited actually okay, so, we've been watching them on sunday so night. i'm i'm in with the marvel shows i'd say right now i liked uh what is it WandaVision. I really like Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's more of an action show for me like that. I've, I've had fun with it, but it gets me excited to see more of what's going on with the MCU besides the movies, because I think these shows are very well done and very well handled, even though I've been watching it every single week, kind of like how I did with the Mandalorian. Same thing. I just been looking forward to it every single Friday morning or like early, early Friday morning. I'll get up and watch it on my tablet like that. And I'm excited to see Loki. I'm excited to see Armor Wars. I'm excited to see all these different shows besides the movies. Like the MCU is it right now for, for Disney slash Marvel. Like they, they, there's a lot of great stuff happening there. And as a fan, like I can't complain. Like there, there's not anything bad that I, like really sticks out to me. I'm just having fun watching all that stuff. So I think comics and these bigger universes are just better in serial limited series storytelling and yeah. Marvel, Marvel and Star Wars are kind of figuring this out right now. And I Marvel's and I just, got it though. Marvel, Marvel's got it at the moment. Like, yeah, I just I'd like to see more of this than less everyone trying to jam something into a three act movie. So, you know, there's just it's just more interesting. Um, yeah, definitely. And where can people follow you? I know there's tons of places people can follow. Yeah, I'm all over the place. But like my main spots, you could obviously find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash gamers with games channel or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar. You'll find me there. I'm uploading every single week, almost nearly every single day, uh, review videos, you know, highly edited, highly produced, uh, video reviews about different games of all types, uh, vlogs. I just put up my Mortal Kombat movie vlog that I just me sitting in front of the camera, just talking about getting to spoilers, my whole review of that film doing unboxing videos of like different tech, you know, like headphones, accessories for game consoles. I even did it for the PlayStation five. I got a PS five recently that I was able to do that. Uh, and the same thing, event coverage and all types of stuff, gameplay impressions, all types of things, man. Like every single week you can find that on there. You could also follow me on Twitter at Jake James Lugo. I'm literally on there every single day, posting up stuff, Instagram at Jake James Lugo, same thing, posting up stuff and also Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Jake James Lugo. I have a bunch of exclusive content there. I try to keep things cheap, like for a dollar, I give early access to some of my newest like video reviews and extra exclusive bonus content podcasts other stuff blog posts that i do i'm trying to do a lot man so show some love you know that's check great. it out share with your friends that's love awesome. that that's so great that's well we're so, great. so grateful for having you here this was um, so much fun and I, truly for me much needed hmm. 
to get like the in-depth on on this whole world i'm it's, i'm really excited for i think beck week. you should come over now and play i'm gonna play yeah, a little more i'm gonna come over summer. and play i'm gonna if come you over want something cool i actually did video reviews on all most of the original mortal kombat games i have the original trilogy i did a whole video that i did in oh, collaboration we gotta watch with that. Yeah, yeah. 99 who's my who's my boy he's a big mortal kombat expert that joined me for the review we also did the sequel trilogy so all the playstation 2 games we did a whole video review like covering all those i've done mortal kombat trilogy there's a whole playlist devoted to mortal kombat that gets you in the know that could all know, right all right i'm gonna i'm gonna start out. doing a deep dive this all is right, great Matt, come over we'll play I'll, I'll play some mortal kombat okay all right. and for me aside from recommending everything that jake james lugo is up to and again i just love the youtube channel the videos Thank are you. just so especially for look a lot of the people who listen to our show are more movie tv fans and i think because you bring that approach and you know you explained us the reasoning behind it it's very accessible um very accessible for for folks even if you're not a gamer because of the way you lay it out for people so i love it um and uh, i just watched enola holmes with my daughter uh yesterday with my older daughter and this is i mean a lot of people recommended it to me but my buddy josh recommended it to me first and lily recommended it to me and what was so great about it is that my daughter just throughout this movie just kept saying this is brilliant i love this i love her character so millie bobby brown i just love i love her like over under on how many oscars she's gonna get in her life i mean how many she's gonna get by she's 30 she's just awesome mighty ducks game changers on Disney, loving that, and now we're going back and watching the movies again. And then I'll just say, I I, I talk about Crazy Ex Girlfriend on a regular basis. Season four has an episode that is themed around cats, and I tweeted it at the hosts of the podcasts podcast, EJ uh, Dixon and Dan Alexander, because I like needed them to know. I saw. I, I'm guessing they already know this exists, but I was dying and laughing. It was a par- even a parody of Cats. I love because uh, uh, everything I just, I'm a big cats fan. All right. With that, you can follow me at pancake for table on Twitter and Instagram or uh, all of the Friday night movie shenanigans at Friday at Friday night movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday night movie Please join us in supporting some of the organizations that we find really important for our country, including the NAACP legal defense fund, the Equal Justice Initiative and the Asian American Journalist Foundation. Um, uh, you uh, also um, uh, can uh, check out the uh, awesome business that Becky Becky talks about. The uh, can you say the name of the brothers again? Frere Branchio. Frere Branchio. We'll, we'll put. I'll, I'll send you a link. You can. Okay, you'll awesome. put it in. You'll put it in the show notes. And then, last but not least, our theme music will kick in in post production. I know Jake James understands that. The post-production process and that is by what does it eat and we dance our way into the afternoon thank you so much to our guest jake james lugo for being here and have a wonderful day bye bye thank you